Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Hello and welcome to World Weekly. I'm Shona Jenkins. On the show this week, we'll be taking a look at Tunisia. Joining me on the line is the FT's Middle East correspondent, Erica Solomon, talking to us from Tunisia. And here in the studio with me is Rula Khalaf, the FT's foreign editor. So last week in Tunisia was the terrible attack in Sousse. 39 people gunned down on a day of violence around the Middle East. But this was particularly shocking. It comes only four months after another attack in Tunisia in the Bardo Museum, in which 24 people were killed. Erica, you're in Tunisia. You visited the scene. What were your impressions from talking to people there and talking to tourists? The biggest thing, I think, is how worried Tunisians are about how their economy is going to survive two militant attacks in four months. You know, everyone describes the tourism sector as what they call like the backbone of their economy, even though technically it's only about 14 or 15 percent. But it's so critical, they say, to investment and to all other parts of the economy in that way, transport and all these other things. So for them, this is really a devastating blow. And the other thing that some people, financial experts, talk about is the issue of how it could affect the banking system. The tourism sector has taken out a lot of loans since the revolution in order to keep itself going because people thought it would be so critical to the country's revival economically. So now, if this continues, they really don't know what's going to happen to the country. And this is actually important for fighting the militancy itself because a lot of people believe that the reason that they are having this problem is because of the fact that there are so few job opportunities in a lot of these underdeveloped areas in the interior part of the country and in the south. So it's sort of a vicious cycle, and that's really what worries Tunisians. Speaking to tourists, I would say that most of them talked about this as maybe their last visit for a while. A few actually, though, told me, and I thought was pretty inspiring, was that they really felt for Tunisians. They saw that this was a minority group doing this, and they wanted to try and keep supporting Tunisia by visiting. So I think that they will face a very heavy blow to their tourism sector, but there, it does seem like there are some people who still see this as a place to come visit. So it would be a very dramatic blow, but you know, maybe they, they can still have some room to try and attract people again in the future. And what measures has the government taken so far? And what is it hoping to do in order to tackle the jihadi threat that it's facing? You know, I, I met the Prime Minister yesterday, and he talked a little bit about um, increasing security force presence in the touristic areas, which I think might be too late now at this point, honestly, because, you know, having an extra 2,000 men from security forces in the army armed around the beaches, I think that, you know, while, yes, it's a good idea, it might even in some ways make the problem worse, you know, you have a bunch of armed men around, so it's a difficult situation, but that's part of their plan. They're also really looking for more intelligence cooperation with foreign countries, you know, the United States, Europe, to try and improve their understanding of these groups, because what they've all mentioned is that, again and again, what this year has shown is that they aren't 
able to target the right people. And, and this is a big problem in Tunisia because if you talk to most people on the street, they will tell you, I saw this Salafi mosque, I saw this guy with a long beard and a long robe, but these attackers didn't fit that stereotype. So they have a big problem with intelligence. And I didn't get the sense that they have a clear answer yet on how to solve that. They keep going back to the issue of cooperation with foreign countries, but it seems like there's a social issue there that this country is still struggling to figure out how it's going to answer. Turning to ruler now, Tunisia is where the Arab Spring began in 2011 and has been seen as having a successful transition. And yet it contributes the highest number of foreign fighters to ISIS per capita. What is going on here? Why is there this sort of dichotomy? I think there are several reasons. The fact that Tunisia has had a relatively successful democratic transition, I don't think gives it immunity from a trend that we're seeing all over the region. In fact, a lot of what's going on now is partly also because of the dictatorship that Tunisia lived under for decades. Tunisia also borders Libya. Libya's had a huge impact on Tunisia in terms of weapons flow, in terms of the ability of Tunisians to train in Libya. I think many Tunisians believe that the disaffected youth in Tunisia who have no jobs, no economic prospects, but also no hope, provide a fertile ground for recruitment. One of the things that you notice when you go to Tunisia, and I'm sure Eric has seen this, is people don't feel that, you know, suddenly there's after the revolution, everything has changed. If you go to Tunis and you talk to politicians, yes, there you feel the change. But for ordinary people, things have just gotten worse. There's less hope. There are fewer jobs. And I think that is a very large part of the answer here. Is the Tunisian Islamist party, Nahda, is, does it have a bigger role to play in trying to address this disaffection? Because they've been very successfully integrated, unlike in Egypt, where the Muslim Brotherhood has failed in its democratic role, but also has been squashed or is trying to be squashed by the new rulers. How is Nahda addressing this and can it improve the way it tackles this jihadi problem? Nahda is not in power because they lost the last elections. When Nahda was in power, Nahda leaders believed that now that this is, you know, in the post-revolution era, everyone should be allowed to speak. And so they did give room for a lot of Salafi preachers to become more active. And I think people took advantage of that. It took them a long time to realize the threat that was developing, because if you combine that with the fact that a lot of jihadis who'd been jailed under the previous regime were let go, a new group developed. It was called Ansar al-Sharia. It took the Nahda government a long time to realize that this was a threat and to actually try to contain it and to lock them up again. So I think that's a mistake that they recognize. They're not in power now. And so what they can do, and I think it is what they're what they usually do, is to speak out against this. I think the Nahda leader tries to explain that this is not the Islam that Tunisians know. And Tunisia is actually generally known as a very moderate society. And I think most people feel that this is quite alien to their culture, that jihadi ideology is alien to the Tunisian culture. Having said all that, is there more that the West could be doing in order to help the Tunisians? 
Yes, absolutely. I think that the West tends to react to tragedies, to atrocities, to groups like ISIS that they see as a threat to their own national security. And when things are going fairly well in a country, then there isn't as much of a recognition of the need to actually support, reinforce these states. And I think one of the ways of dealing with ISIS is that you have to try to ring fence the countries that are relatively successful and can be strengthened. I think both in terms of intelligence sharing, assistance with security reform, and primarily economic assistance. There's a lot that the West can do. Erica, you're in Tunisia. You've been speaking to Tunisian officials. What are you hearing from them that they would like from the West? Economically, the answer I've heard over and over is they actually want to try to get foreign countries to encourage private investment, which is obviously a very difficult thing. But they're really interested in developing like the technology sector. They want to do more with renewable energy. So they really feel like the answer, despite all that's going on, and it might seem in some ways counterintuitive, but in another way it makes a lot of sense that if the economy is the problem, then we need to create jobs. And the best way to do this is not just to, you know, give money and aid packages, but to try and get some businesses going that can employ people. So I spoke to the employment minister just now, and, you know, he was saying that they're trying to get Orange and uh, Ericsson here and that they have this plan to create 5,000 jobs in the next five years. I don't know how that's going to be affected by the recent events, but I think that what the minister said that I thought was interesting was, you know, the last four years, they were really about sorting out our political problems. You know, how do we create a political system? And now what we really need to do is focus on our economic problems. That's the next step. And of course, the challenge here is to keep moving in that direction, to keep that focus on the economy at a time when when also they're going to need support with security. So I think that a big point they're stressing is, yes, please help us with our security things, but please don't forget that this economic issue is, is really critical to the security part in succeeding as well. Thank you very much for that, Erica. And that's it for this week. My thanks to Erica Solomon in Tunis and Rula Khalaf here in the studio in London. Till next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.